Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. It's Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. Good afternoon, Natil. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? I did. It was a lovely Mother's Day weekend. The weather couldn't have been more perfect, and it sounds like it was also great weather for all of the fishermen out on the Minnesota fishing opener. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a really nice weekend. All those moms, I hope, had a uh, had a wonderful day, and uh, it was uh, it was good for us. We went down to Bismarck, had a little uh, had a little fun. My niece graduated from college, so that was uh, that was a pretty big deal. <laughs> you sounded like you were questioning that one. No, she did. Um, although I, I maybe maybe the reason I said it that way, she graduated from a two-year college, and but she's going on to a four-year college. She had a little bit. She had a little bit of a change in her notion about what she wants to do with her career. So she got her two-year degree, which is which is a big deal for her. But then also, she's moving on to the four-year. So I, I guess I said it that way because she's not really done with school yet. That, that makes sense. That makes this sense. Is not, yeah, this is not the the. Uh, yeah, she's still got more to go. This won't be leave her it, last graduation that. ceremony. Yeah, so but it was we had a lot of fun. We did a little little movie out in the backyard, out on the side of the house with the projector and all that kind of stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, I did not enjoy, however, watching my Yankees get thrashed by the Astros on Derek Jeter Day. Oh dear, of all days. Oh We're, dear. Uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. That wasn't that wasn't a pleasant day yesterday. That part of it wasn't anyway. All right, enough of me whining about baseball. Uh, we got coming up a little bit later in the program, Fargo City Commissioner Tony Garrick is going to be on. He's got some numbers on this, um, or the, the FM link bus that goes from, uh, from Marho, uh, Moorhead over to uh, downtown Fargo. He's got some numbers on that program that are kind of interesting. He wants to discuss them. We'll talk about that, uh, coming up here at 1.30. Um, also, uh, you know, speaking of college graduation, and I, I wrote about this on the blog today. Governor Doug, Doug Burgum giving a commencement address at North Dakota State University. And I, I knew this was going to be interesting, right? Because there's been a lot of changes for the state in terms of, of higher ed. I mean, just some of it was just a mathematical imperative. We had to cut the budget, and a lot of the cuts came in the university system. I'm not necessarily happy that... You know, some people have lost their jobs and things like that, but it was it was something that had to be done. But Governor Burgum, since he's since he's been elected, has has made it clear that he is not interested only in budget reductions, right? He's not interested in just moving line items around or eliminating line items or whatever. He wants reform in in governance, or I, I guess in this instance, it would be reform in how the universities deliver the services we pay them to deliver, which is education. And I, he's, he has expressed some comments. He has made some pretty provocative comments about this, and I thought it was interesting that he would be delivering the commencement address at the university at a time when, you know, he's, he's saying some things that the status quo at the universities aren't really going to like. And, and some of the things he said, this was this is how he closed the address, which I thought was just, was just very, very good. Uh, he told the students, I quote, to have courage. He told them to have courage. And he said, I quote, courage to challenge the status quo, courage to challenge existing power structures, because sometimes these power structures exist only to defend themselves and the past rather than participating in reinventing themselves to define and create our collective future. Now, Natil, when you hear that, 
who does it sound like he's talking about? When he's it, talking about... It really about, sounds like he's talking about anyone that has sort of a um, we've always done it this way attitude. Right. And I that, think he's talking can, about the universities. Well, yeah, and that, that can definitely apply to the universities, but I think in a, a broader picture, he probably also sure. meant it toward these people's uh, career fields as they're moving out. Right, yeah. I mean, I took it. I mean, it's it's good advice generally, right? I mean, go out there, question the world, challenge the world. I, I, th- I think there is no skill that you can give young people that is more powerful than an inherent curiosity and a willingness to, to, to sort of challenge the status quo, to shake things up, try to find better ways, don't become entrenched. Th- those are those are good words. I-, I felt like they had a double meaning, though. I-, I think he's going in there, and I think he's talking about the universities because these comments become fresh off comments where he's, he said sometimes we treat our universities like jobs programs and not jobs programs for students, by the way, but jobs programs for, for uh, bureaucrats and faculty. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's talked about how we cling to, you know, the geography of these institutions. He was on this program just recently reiterating some of those points. And so I hear him go to the university and I hear him say something like that. And I think this guy gets it. This guy understands there is change coming. We've got to stop operating the universities in a way uh, that, that just uh, to the greater glory of the institutions themselves and start figuring out how to better deliver the services the universities are supposed to provide to the students. Because I think we've lost focus amid, you know, the, the, the sports programs and building bigger campuses and these public-private partnerships and all the other things the schools do. I think serving those students has started to take a back seat, and I, I don't want to speak for Governor Burgum, but from the, what I am discerning in his words, it is a, is a desire to bring that back up front to the focus. And if that's what he means, boy, I'm all for it. Caller Jim, you're on the line. What's up? Yeah, hi. You know, it's kind of like people are still building libraries in an age when everybody has a library in their pocket called a phone. You know, I mean, it's buggy whips versus space age travel. You know, yeah. they're they're really missing the uh, the ball here if they don't get on this because there's already these, a lot of these smaller institutions that granted there's a lot of fly by night out there that are doing this and people are going through there. They need to get on this and become the major educators online. I mean, it's a change. I mean, why do we need to spend money on all these brick and mortar buildings for what? I mean, there's... so people can go sit them and listen to some. some Tenure professor protect his job and then pontificate his yeah. views? I don't think so. It's, well, I mean, first of all, when it comes to libraries, I I like libraries and I think they still have a very important role to play. And I, I think I think that I think if you if you go into a modern library today, I think you'll find that they have done a lot to embrace the digital age. But your larger point is absolutely spot on, Jim. I think we are coming to a point where we're going to start seeing a lot of campuses across the country close. I think there's a bubble in higher education. And it's going to pop. And the reason why it's going to pop is because I think modern employers are becoming I, – I, I think they're becoming less enamored with credentialing than they are in just skills, right? They just, they just want to hire people who can do stuff, right? So if you're Google, for instance – and when I wrote about this today, Google was an example I used. If you're Google, I, I don't think they really care if you've got – you know, a piece of sheepskin from some prestigious university that says something, they just want to know, can you code? Yeah, can, you can, have the can, skills to do so. 
Can, or, or can you lead our coders? Or, or can you come up with something new and fascinating uh, about this situation uh, you know, that, that, that could open up a whole new world of, of service or revenue or something for us? Those are the skills that they, that they care about. You know, they, they just want you to be able to do stuff. And, and so well, I, I think we're going to see a decline in the value of credentialing from the universities going well, forward. I think we're going to have to look at, too, is what, what the cost of a college education has become so ridiculous. They're, they're calling it the first mortgage now. Yeah. And, you know, for what? Like I say, it's well, a piece of paper. And, and, it's, and the only reason it's costing so much is so they can support these bloated universities and their other extra administrative personnel and all these uh, – very well-paid professors for what? There's cheaper ways to do it. In, in a capitalistic market, we should be trying to find the best, most efficient way to do this at the least expense, not the most expensive thing in the most inefficient way. Jim, I'm with you. we got to uh, take a break. Thanks for the call. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Report here on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. You know, first of all, in the, the last caller kind of kind of uh, targeted public li- I love public libraries, by the way. I, I think they're great. We use the Minot Public Library here all the time. Um, I, I, I think public libraries still serve a very important role in terms of just they do a lot of things. I mean, it's everybody. I, I think the argument I hear about against public libraries all the time is that, you know, well, we have ebooks now, so therefore, you know, why do we need the the library? Well, you know, I I I think I think it still makes even even in that, the library does a lot more than just makes books available for reading. I mean, they keep historic documents a lot of the time. Uh, they they keep you know local records sometimes that are important to keep on file. You know, they provide access to the Internet for people, you know, particularly low-income people who might struggle to have access to the Internet, not to mention access to the books to read. Because even with the availability of, of e-books, you know, you still got to buy them from Amazon. You still got to have an e-reader. Some people can't afford those things. Some people still need, you know, access to, to, to literature, to, to books, to, to knowledge, to information. And a library card is a very cheap way to go about doing it. So I, libraries, I think, still serve a very important role. Universities, on the other hand, need to be reformed. And I listen. I I think if you look over the last decade, maybe the last, maybe the last few decades in North Dakota, I think the priorities have been, you know, increase enrollment, uh, build bigger campuses, you know, get the sports programs going. And I, I I don't know. I mean, I ask myself: Do, do any of those things make the degree a, an NDSU student or a UND student or a Minot State student, for that matter? Does it make those degrees more valuable to them? You know, are, are, they, are they able to take those degrees and, and, and better able to, to apply them to some career and, and find prosperity? That's, to, to me, that's the real measure of the success of, of a university. And I, I realize, I mean, this, this makes me, as I wrote in the, on the blog today, this makes me sort of an, a, an apostate in, in, <laughs> to, to the higher ed crowd. Uh, it makes me a Philistine, right? Because how dare you suggest 
that getting a, a college degree is somehow about earning potential, even though that's exactly how college attendance is pitched to high schoolers, right? It's like if you don't go to college, then you're not going to get a good job and you're going to be poor your whole life. You know, it's it's like they the higher ed folks want it both ways. They don't want the value of a degree to be a measure of their success, but they want the value of a degree to be the reason why students come in the front door. It's a little hypocritical. I, I, I think that ought to be the measure. We, we shouldn't care so much about enrollment. We shouldn't care so much about sports teams or how many buildings we have on campus or anything else. What we should care about is, are we serving the students well? Are, are the students getting return on their investment of time and money when they get a degree? Are they able to use that degree to advance a, a career? And, and higher education is important. I mean, we still need skills, all right? We, we still need some way to impart knowledge and to certify that, that the people who have, you know, attended a university have it. Degrees still have value. It's just that I, I don't think it's going to be the same sort of value. I don't think degrees are going to be treated in the same sort of way you know, going forward than they have in the past. I think Governor Doug Burgum gets that. I don't know that a lot of the leaders in our university system get that yet. Some do. A lot of them don't. A lot of them are still hooked on, well, we got to bring more more kids onto campus because, you know, that means bigger budgets. That means we can hire more administrators. That means we can hire more bureaucrats. That means, you know, the, the community that the university is in is going to have more customers for takeout pizza and bars and there's going to be more apartments rented out, and there's going to be more revenue and tax dollars for the city. I, but here's the thing. Universities don't exist to provide economic development for the city they're in. They exist to serve students. We have forgotten that. It's taken a back seat, and we got to get back to it. we got to get back to it. Um, so I, I hope that's what Governor Bergman, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into his comments, but I'm, I'm hearing this guy talk. There's not a lot of specifics out yet, but... I hope that's where his head is. I, I hope that's where his mind is. And if, if if it is, I hope he's ready for a fight because there is a huge amount of money. There are a lot of people with some very, very deep roots embedded in the status quo. And I'm talking about the foundations. I'm talking about the alumni. I'm talking about the parochial business interests. They're all served well by the status quo. And they aren't necessarily served well by shifting the focus of the status quo and putting it back on serving the students. And that's who you're going to have to fight. And they are entrenched. They have a lot of political clout. And it's going to be a fight. But Governor Burgum, I, I like what he's saying. I think it's I think it's about time. It's like a breath of fresh air. If, if I had my way, boy, we would close a number of the state's universities we would mandate that the sports programs and all the other extracurricular activities have to revenue flow on their own. And we would take those resources and we would refocus them on the students. That's what I would do. But what the heck do I know? <laughs> More coming up straight ahead. Fargo City Commissioner Tony Garrick is going to join me next. Call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Hope you're having a good afternoon. 
Joining me right now is Fargo City Commissioner Tony Garrig. And uh, Tony, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Say, what's uh, this um, situation with the uh, Fargo-Moorhead Link, the FM Link bus? What What's going on with it? Because you shared with me some numbers over the weekend um, and it's I, originally the, I, I guess this was a program put in place for, for, for parking, you know, where basically people could park, uh, in Moorhead and get shuttled into downtown Fargo and help alleviate some of the need for parking, which I got to admit on the face of it doesn't sound like that bad of an idea, but now the city is looking at, uh, paying to lease some parking downtown, but we want to keep paying for this bus. Give us the download. What's happening? Yeah. So what you're referring to is a vote that we had at the last Fargo city commission meeting where we were given an opportunity or the chance to rent some more parking spaces for our employees and others to go into uh, the city hall there um, until our parking lot is done with the new city hall. So we're looking at, you know, $300,000 in order to rent spaces. Now, as always, Rob, it's so much easier to ask for more money than it is to cut spending, and this is one of those scenarios where we're going to find 300 some thousand dollars that we didn't budget for, right? So I raised my hand at the meeting. I said, well, look, you guys, we have what's called the Link FM. It was sold to us as a way to offer a free bus ride in downtown. You can go from the Moorhead City Mall, or Center Mall to, to basically all around downtown to include our city hall and uh, not to pay for that, and you could park over there. Our employees are supposed to use it. People in Fargo are supposed to use it. It was a great idea. And, look, I said, hey, we'll give it a shot, but if it doesn't work out, we'll stop doing that and we'll try something different. And, Rob, it has not worked out. So, not only has is, is, is the Lincoln FM been a dramatic failure, uh, we're also spending $50 an hour an hour to run this bus, uh, and no one's using it. So the numbers right now, last year was about nine riders per hour. And it's 2017 so far, we're at about 10 riders per hour. And all in, all in since this thing started, we're at less than nine riders an hour, or excuse me, eight riders an hour. Um, that's one of the worst-performing bus routes we have. And, and, Rob, it's free. It's free to use, and people still aren't using it. So... We're not using it for parking the way it was the way it was intended. Uh, we're looking at buy, at renting more parking spaces because this program isn't working. But we're going to keep both programs. We're going to rent we're going to rent uh, parking for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of it's underground even, and we're still going to continue doing the Link FM. It doesn't make any sense. One of them has to give, in my opinion. In this next this next uh, budget cycle, I'm going to again ask Link FM to be cut. What what in in terms of because we you just gave us some some data about you know what are we at about 10 10 riders an hour in 2017 it's around yeah. nine nine or ten uh, riders per hour how many trips per hour does the bus make back and forth i mean how often is it going back and forth between fargo and moorhead it's not a continuous loop that's about a 15 minute loop and i want to say one more thing rob when, when this was put in place i asked for a metric to also be put in place before i said yes i'll vote for this i said well let's revisit some six months and if we aren't seeing a reasonable number of people, and I, I let Jim Gilmore uh, say what that reasonable number was, 25. 25 was the number given, saying, hey, if we don't get 25 people per hour to use this free bus to include our employees to use it as a parking uh, alleviator, then we'll look at spending this money elsewhere, i.e., we'll end the system. Well, two years later, we're still running this bus, and we're not even halfway there to, to 25 riders per hour. That's that's yeah. That doesn't sound very good. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at wday dot com. So, so this recent vote was in favor was was basically about the parking situation, renting up some some temporary parking downtown for city employees. Was there no discussion instead of renting it to tell those city employees, listen, for for now, 
you know, we need you to park over in Moorhead and ride this bus in? I mean, was that not part of the discussion? I mean, it's, since you're already paying for the bus. See, that was my, that was what I brought up. You know, we we were put, we put the Link FM in place for a very specific reason, okay? And one of the biggest reasons that we were sold on was, hey, our employees can park over Moorhead and they can ride the bus to, Far- to Fargo. It'll take five minutes, no big deal. Everyone will do it. It'll be fantastic. We'll get 50 people an hour doing this. No one's doing it, Rob. None of our employees are doing it, um, and none of the people of Fargo are doing it, quite frankly. Uh, so, yeah, I brought that up, and I said, basically, look, if we're not going to use Link FM the way we were sold on, then let's go ahead and get rid of it. And, and by the way, we have a metric. We never met that metric, but it still goes on and on and on. At a price to Fargo of $150,000 a year, and by the way, a price to Moorhead of $150,000 a year. I don't know what Moorhead's getting out of this, but they should end it too. R- R- say, say those numbers again. How much is it costing Fargo and how much is it costing Moorhead? The total cost is about $300,000, and we're splitting that cost with Moorhead. So we're both t- pitching in $150,000. That money could be spent elsewhere. Quite frankly, if we need more parking spots in Fargo for our employees, our shortfall for that, for renting those spots, is about $100,000. Well, guess what? If you end the Link FM, we have that money. As of right now, we don't know where we're going to get that dollar, those dollars from, uh, quite frankly. So it's an easy fix for me. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY. Dot com. So, so what's the path forward? I mean, has the city approved the, the funding for this, I guess, to, to lease these spaces downtown? Is, that's a done deal? That's, that's, that's going to be paid out? That was a four-to-one vote. I was obviously the only dissent on that. Uh, but going forward for the link, I am actually the liaison for, the tr- for transit, for, for Matt Bus. I'm going to just tell them uh, that unless we are cutting the link FM, I will not support anybody they put forward. This has to be the number one, re- the number one step for us. We can use $150,000 in, in the MAP bus system in a myriad of different areas, right? We could, we could start a new route somewhere else, like, say, Sanford Health. That would, that would be much better. We could partner with West Fargo to, to give them more lines. They're begging for more uh, uh, transit over there. There's, I, could, I could go through a dozen different ways that we could spend this money more effectively, but we're clinging on to this Link FM like it's, like it's some sort of great deal. It's not a great deal. And, Rob, even though it's free to get on the bus, it's certainly not free to run that bus. Well, right, yeah. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Talking about the uh, the, the temporary parking situation, I mean, it, is that's temporary. The the three hundred thousand plus dollars, that's basically temporary until some other construction is done. Is that correct? It is not. Not. I mean, there's no fix for it yet. So even after city hall is done, there is no fix for that problem yet. Now, okay. what I'm assuming the fix will be is a government owned uh, parking ramp. You know, which I obviously will not support. Uh, but at, at the, to this point, that the three hundred thousand plus dollars will be spent year after year on parking uh, for City Hall and, and around the area. Well, that's a that's a tough situation. What sort of a timeline are we looking at for the debate on this this FM Link bus? I mean, what what's what is that going to look like in terms of that? I guess having the debate about whether or not that's going to be phased out or continued. Yeah, this will happen during the regular budget cycle. So within the next month or so. We're going to start budget talks. In fact, with my departments, the fire department, utilities, uh, we've already been talking about, you know, budgets for this coming fiscal year. Uh, so that will happen very soon. It'll, it'll be mixed in with all the other tough budget debates. But as you know, Rob, uh, the state of North Dakota had cut uh, a lot of our property tax reliefs. Uh, so we're going to have to see, we're going to see people locally here going to be paying much, much more in property taxes. And we as a city have to decide, are we just going to let that happen or are we going to provide the relief ourselves? I think you know where I'm at on that one. Uh, but we're gonna have we're gonna have to shelter, you know, talk with all well, those all those issues, spending and, yeah. and otherwise. 
you know, I've I've interviewed a lot of the state officials, lawmakers, uh, Governor Bug, Doug Burgum included, uh, talking about that very issue. I mean, talking about what do you tell local officials? Because in the past, the state was, and I think it's fair. I think I think Governor Burgum actually put it correctly, where he said the state was essentially subsidizing local spending in a lot of ways. Right? They were just sort of buying it up and putting it in the in the state. And I, their call to, to, to the locals was, we couldn't sustain that. You folks need to look at cutting your spending, too. That's what Governor Burgum said. That's what uh, Representative Craig Headland of Jamestown, who is the head of the Budget and Finance, uh, tax, uh, Finance and Tax Committee in the State House, said. And I think that's right. I, I, I think cities like Fargo probably need to tighten their belts the same way the state tightened their belt. And, and you're saying this is one way to do that. 100% agree with you. Uh, a couple numbers I'll throw out is over the last four years, our property tax revenues have gone up 40%, okay, as in total, 40%. We're taking in over $24 million this year uh, in property taxes. Our budget over the last 10 years has doubled. We have doubled our general fund budget over the last 10 years. That's, I have been saying it for, for half a decade now, that it's unsustainable growth in budgets. Our city is not growing that fast, while Fargo is experiencing dramatic growth. We're growing up about 3% a year. Uh, our budgets are going up faster than that. So, yes, at some point, Rob, we're going to have to re- actually reduce the budget. That's never, by the way, that's never happened in the city of Fargo. The city of Fargo has never reduced our budget, right? Wow. We've had years where we only went up by 1%, but uh, it was never gone down. And I think we're, gonna, we're getting very close to the point where it's going to have to go down at some point. Well, I, I agree with you, but good luck. It, let me tell you a good story, Rob, real quick. We are now selling water uh, to West Fargo. We're making millions of dollars off of that. We're now selling our sewer service to Horace. We're going to make about a million dollars on that. We're going to be in talks with West Fargo very soon here to sell them our sewer service. We're making millions of dollars off of that. So not only are these partnerships very valuable for the surrounding communities, it's also revenue that Fargo is bringing in to the general fund, right? So while property taxes may not go up as much as we want them to, uh, we have other revenue sources that are going up and up and up. Uh, and while most of the commissioners seem to just want to spend that money, uh, there's a few of us that are thinking, that are thinking wow, we, we can look at this and we can actually reduce property taxes for the first time, uh, and maybe even the budget for the first time, and still have other revenues to pick up where the state has dropped off. Yeah, I, I think the state's done their budget reforms. It's probably time to call for the same from the locals, and it sounds like Absolutely. that's what you see as well. We'll certainly see what happens. Tony, thanks for your time today. Yeah, stay tuned to that, those budget talks. It's going to be interesting this year, that's for sure. Certainly, yeah. Please keep us in the loop. We'll, uh, we'll get you back on the program and, and, and keep everybody up to date on that. Uh, more to come straight ahead. Rob Report, 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. Emailer Justin uh, says we were talking about higher education earlier in the program, and Governor Burgum's comments about it and, and comments about the knowledge transfer. Uh, Justin says, Rob, people tend to forget that universities serve functions other than merely educating students. Research and extension at land-grant universities such as NDSU are valuable components of many universities. Farmers, ranchers, and many citizens in general rely heavily on the information generated and disseminated from them. Would you, pr- 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 would you propose restructuring research and extension components as well? And, and my answer to that, Justin, is, is simply no. 
I, I, I agree with you. Those are very important parts of, of the mission of the universities. And I would, I would say that there's two parts because Governor Burgum talks about the knowledge transfer to students. And I think there's two parts to that though. I think one is generating the knowledge. Right. Generating new knowledge, maintaining that knowledge, archiving that knowledge like universities have a very important role to play with that. And that's the research and extension component. Right. You know, they're they're serving the public in that way by developing knowledge and then disseminating that knowledge. Right. Those are those are the two roles of the university. Develop the knowledge, create new knowledge, advance the knowledge. And then also impart that knowledge, whether it's to students or whether it's to farmers who are using the services from from, from the extension, um, the extensions from like the NDSU extension services. Um, no, so no, I, I I think those are very much part of the mission, one hundred percent. What I don't like, and 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 what I'm criticizing, is when the universities are all about like enrollment growth, like well let's pack more students on campus, and and I hear that. And, and it drives me nuts. I mean, it's one thing if it's if it's students who are coming to the school because they're going to get a good education, right? And it's and it's a it's an efficient, you know, the, the price is right. I'm fine with that. You know, let's. But the problem is, is that the graduation rates aren't very good. I mean, we're we're graduating 25, you know, roughly a quarter of students after four years, roughly little less than half of students after six years. And that, to me, is a problem. Uh, you know, I, I don't see we have a problem with completions, right? We, we're bringing a lot of students in, and a lot of them aren't completing. And I, I, I think we don't care about that so much, or the universities haven't cared about that so much, because they get paid up front, right? I mean, the students all have, they have state dollars attached to them. They have federally backed student loans attached to them. They're all paying, uh, you know, room and board fees. They're paying student fees. They're, they're paying all sorts of money. And the university gets that money whether the kids graduate or not. And so it's almost like this model of, of quantity over quality. And I would much rather get back to quality, right? I, I would much rather have focus on the students who want to be at college, who are going to be served well by time at the university, and not just assume that every kid who comes out of high school should go to a college or should go to a four-year college. Uh, you know, I, I think we need to refocus, we need to rejigger the, and, and, and be less worried about college being an experience, right? Although I, I, I do think there's value in, in the campus and, and commingling and, and being exposed to different thoughts and ideas and cultures, although even I could get off on a tangent about how unwelcome some campuses are to thought diversity, but we'll leave that issue for another show perhaps, but it's I mean, listen, the, the whole point of, of, of college is, is to get an education that you can then turn around and deploy towards your own prosperity, right? That's what it's sold at. Nobody, there are very few people in this, in this state or this country who can afford to, to blow thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting a degree just for per, the sake of personal fulfillment, right? And I'm not saying that knowledge for knowledge's sake is unimportant. It is important, but most people can't afford that, right? I mean, if, if, I mean, if we're talking about higher education policy for the masses, then what we need to talk about is how to d deliver education that is valuable to them, that can be used towards a career.
That's what it comes down to. And I'm, I'm, I, I know it makes me a, a, a Philistine. I know it makes a lot of people in the higher ed community sort of turn up their nose, but it's the truth. We have turned higher education into a mass commodity, for better or worse. And if we're going to do that, and if we're going to sustain all of these universities we have all over the place, and I don't think we can based on the current model, but if that's the goal, is to turn it into this this mass education, then it has to be about prosperity. It has to be about career. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, am, an, I am an appreciator of the humanities. I love books. I love knowledge. I love culture. And I'm not talking about taking those things away. But we got to do it better. And I think that's what Governor Burgum's going to talk about. I hope that's what he's talking about. I hope that's where he's at. Hey, I'm going to stick around for the Jay Thomas Show a little bit after this. Stay tuned for that. Uh, you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. I want a girl with the right allocations who is fast and thorough and sharp as a tack. She's playing with her jewelry. She's putting up her hair. She's touring the facility and picking